Welcome to another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. I'm your host, Tom, and with me, as always, are... Dan. Mike. And Steve. Uh, but not Ward, because I guess he's in Ikea. We lost him forever. Yep, yeah, and anybody much. that's been in Ikea knows it's not exactly difficult to get lost in that labyrinth. The poor fool said he's allocating two hours for an Ikea trip, and we just laughed and laughed. <laughs> and waited an extra hour for him, and here we are. So you might hear some noise and shuffling partway through the podcast. That would be Ward interrupting everybody. I'm not going to put my money on that one. I don't even think we'll see Ward tonight. Okay, either way. Yeah. Ward, you've been warned. Yeah. So, Dan, what did you do this week in hobby? Paint anything? <laughs> I made up some custom artwork X-Wing cards, but I didn't use an actual physical paintbrush, just like a Photoshop paintbrush. Okay. Uh, that's a stretch, but I'll, we'll allow it. <laughs> no, it's it's <laughs> nothing new for Dan, just like actually putting effort into things that he doesn't need to instead of the models that he actually needs to paint. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Actually, these are upgrade cards for models that I've been using lately and still haven't painted. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a new level of slacking and focusing Speaking on other of, things. So doing that sort of stuff, Dan, I need you to do something for me. I need, so all the Eldar Psychic cards I have, except for the Iannan Supplement that has that new Psychic power. I don't have high-res templates for those, though. I'll scan them in on a high-res scanner and then give them to you and you just change the text. <sighs> that is, it sounds so easy. <laughs> it means it'll be so easy. It'll be fun. Yeah. God you apparently are good at now. What so. have I done? <laughs> it's called payback. <laughs> Mike, what did you do this week? I finished off my uh, Prussian fleet for the uh, Out of the Basement tournament, and I got my Planetfall stuff ready to take some paint. Nice. Oh, so you're going to yeah. have two games that do the same thing, Drop Zone and Planetfall. No, they are different. They are different. They're different, but same uh, idea. Uh, Planet, um, Planetfall is more of a fast-paced game. Whereas the uh, drop zone is definitely more tactical and strategic. It's it's they're like night and day. The one's really fast and easy. The other one you have to think to do. Right? Good. So I like that. Drop yeah. zone is better still. That means I don't have to buy a new game. <laughs> yeah. And Not the models just different. Are better just better. Zone. Okay. Good. Good to know. Yeah. The models are drop zone. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So uh, I guess myself, I was working on Shadow Specters. Finished them up. Uh, that was my entire week. Was trying to make those forge roll models pretty. And then get them terribly killed at the tournament. More to come on that. And I guess I painted up a gremlin Pippi Longstocking and some stuffed piglets for my Malifaux. See, when you talk about Malifaux, about your gremlin Pippi Longstockings, it intrigues me, but it also makes me not want to play the game. Okay, to be fair, <laughs> it's just, it's the gremlin taxidermist has this really messed up hair that kind of goes straight out off the side of his head. And I just so happen to make him a redhead. And he's not actually Pippi Longstocking. Is but he it, green? Oh, yeah. I'm, eh. I'm confused. Well, he's, <laughs> he's a green-skinned red hair that goes straight out like Pippi Longstocking. And then he's got a blood-covered smock because he's a taxidermist. It's just a model that had weird pigtails that Tom just got really amused by. Yeah. Doesn't need to be this, any more than that. That's all it is. is that is quite literally all it is. This game is weird. He takes dead pigs, fills them with dynamite, and sends them at the enemy. You know, I won't say that the, that's super weird because there are squig hoppers. Yeah, I was just going to say that is like bomb, a squig. Squig, bomb squigs or whatever. Yeah, that's, just, a, that's a tank uh, quest yeah. upgrade right there. Except these are piglets instead of squigs. Weird. All right. Oh, uh, <laughs> hey, to be fair, the company is weird. 
Oh, yeah, good point. Actually, that makes uh, sense. Still cringeworthy every time we say it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ward, I guess, did nothing this week in hobby. That's a safe assumption. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put money on that one, too. So even being absentee, we can speak for him on this. Uh, no, wait, watch, you know what? I'm, I'm going to say he did. That Ward is racing here upset because he painted up a tactical squad of Imperial Fists. No, even a tactical Marine. No, like, no, not even not. a squad, just one. <laughs> we got to give him this. He probably did clean at least one model at some point no. during the week. No, 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 no. Ward has done more painting in the last week than he has in the last year. That's right. Because he, he just bought a house. And he's painting the and walls. And he repainted the walls. Okay. Yeah, he actually has covered more square footage of paint probably than anybody here in the last little while. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So I'll accept it. Not quite hobbying, but it's a Hey, strap. you tried to claim painting your car. I did. <laughs> only because we desperately needed that <laughs> to beat John Long. Yeah, Normally exactly. I would not have, but we really needed that. Yeah, and I didn't. In my in in my defense, I did not claim that. Otherwise, we would have crushed John Long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we still wouldn't have. Even if it gave us like a thousand points, we would have still lost by a thousand points. Yeah, probably. Uh, okay. Well, moving on to the next part. Shut up and take my money. Uh, who's taking your money this week, Mike? Don't tell anybody. It's Games Workshop. I'm buying rat ogre stuff. Storm yeah, Storm Storm <laughs> Shit. I'm actually pretty excited about that. And, and maybe think well. I already, I already have the Vermin Lord. <laughs> I, if yeah, you go, um, if you go, have you seen the new models compared yeah, to the Yeah, yeah. They're so, so much better. The Rat Ogres look like they could be like regular Skaven compared to the Storm Fiends. Yeah, the Storm Fiends are huge. huge. I even want them now. Uh, but the one thing about the Storm Fiends that kind of upsets me is each model only can have uh, one of two variants. So there's six different types of weapons you can arm the squad with. Yep. You can give each one a different weapon. They can't all be armed the same. Oh. Oh, so they... Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. I didn't realize they all had to be different. But they They, still look so cool. They look really good, but the thing is, is if you want, like, all poison wind mortars, you can't. You'd have to buy, like, three boxes to get three. Oh, okay. So oh, just okay. The so you can so the actually rules permit it, but the models, the models don't. don't. The models do not at all. And not only oh, that, okay. oh. there's three separate poses, and each pose can only take one of two weapons. So it would be a shitload of work... Yeah. Oh, that sucks. It's yeah, kind of neat that it encourages the variety, but also in bad that it makes it mandatory. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so well, not only that, but if you did buy three boxes, and if the if the weapon arms only take one or two of those weapons, you'd actually have each unit would have the same two torsos. Instead exactly. Of, well, actually, same one torso. Same one torso. Yeah. Without heavy modification. Exactly. So an already you want, complex huh. kit. Yeah, if you want to do, uh, like... Yeah, you're exactly right. Like, if you want to do anything cool with the uh, with your army or your your unit in terms of conversions or equipment or whatever, you're stuck. It's just it's very set piece. It's back to almost like a monopose type thing. But at least they have warpstone nipples. Only one of them does. That's a shame. They should clearly yeah. all have warpstone nipples. I, I saw that and was like, well, it's good that only one of them has. You know, that, Dan, I I, you would focus on on that one point. Th- thank you for. Well, and we should also mention the amazing dice they came out with for Skaven. Uh, that's not. This, this, this is not part of "Shut Up and Take My Money" because <laughs> that is that is "Shut Up, I Want My Money Back." Uh, and you also can't give them money for those because they sold out immediately. So. I know, I know, I know. So many happy customers. Okay, not just me, but didn't they were really terrible with all the bubbles and crap? Aren't no, they? no, they're, they're impossible to read. Oh, are they? Okay. So in the in the white dwarf, they look like deep warpstone green, like crazy colors, like day glow almost. And then you get them, and you're like, well, first of all, the symbols on the one, which is annoying because I always. Oh, it's a symbol on the one? Yeah, I always do. Games Workshop always puts it on the one. 
I want to see my symbols come up when I roll well. Yes. Uh, not when I roll like shit. So almost like a, if if there was a die for your favorite podcast, and it had a logo on one of the sides, which side would you want? That would to be, be on? a six. I would want yeah. that on a six. Hmm, uh, interesting. Yeah. If only there was actually dice for, for a podcast. podcast. Yeah. If only. If only. Um. Yeah. No. Anyways, that's not that we're we're hijacking your train here, Mike. <laughs> yeah. uh, the. I want the, the Thankful nice model, I, I that, and uh, I've already got the book. I've only just cracked it open to look at it. I haven't had time to jump into it, but yeah, I'm first time in a long time that I've spent money on Games Workshop stuff. So Feels like the very first this, time. This Gaven may or may not drunk dial the. Elder. Wait, wait, wait! I was gonna say my two favorite armies, Eldar. <laughs> for my favorite army in each system, call each other up on a hot date. It's pretty sweet. The fuck? Yeah. <laughs> the Skaven uh, pillage uh, elves and rats. Mm. Spoiler alert for anybody that doesn't want to know. It hasn't read Bell of Lost Souls. Yeah, everywhere else that has made fun of this. Yeah, apparently the Skaven are pillaging an old one temple in Lustria, and they find a device where they they activate it and they talk to someone that sounds like the elf, like an elf. In somewhere in space, they make it obvious that it's okay. In space. Okay, so it's like Dream Phone. It's like Dream Phone, but they're talking <laughs> to an elf in space, which is clearly the Eldar. And then the Skaven get freaked out and they pull out their warp lock pistols and blow it away, which is kind of funny. This <laughs> is the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> this is actually getting to the point where it is so dumb that it's kind of amazing. It is awesome, but and uh, they also already ran into Drago. Yeah, they ran. Yeah, okay, in. That, yeah, that's true. That was bullshit. And I, I now need, goes fucking everywhere. I now need to convert an Empire scholar to have Giorgio Sukalis hair. <laughs> <laughs> because if the old one slash lizard men are ancient aliens, then that needs to be a thing. So just it's so not just like Xenos meme anymore. Anybody that's listening out there that doesn't have History Channel, Giorgio Sukalis is the greatest human ever. He's no a, false. You can also false. you can also false. follow his no, hair yes. on Facebook. It his, has a pay- Facebook page. Please do for his hair. It's great. Some of the things it says are hilarious. The crazier of the things that he says, the crazier his hair is. It's like it's a sentient creature. He also has his own show now in Search of Aliens. We're totally off topic, but it is a great show. Oh, I think we got a better topic than we could have ever imagined. <laughs> Let's talk about Giorgio Sukalis the rest of this episode because I could. I'm not opposed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think our, our listeners probably aren't too. Okay, so Mike wants new Skaven. Oh yeah, that's who we were talking to. Okay, thank you for derailing and pushing me off the side again. Yes, I'll take. Well, I'll, I'll leave now. <laughs> I'll let S- Steve do it now because I, I won't go any further. Uh, I'm sorry, Mike. But it was just I enjoyed. That. And you hit me this week. I did. <laughs> I did hit Mike this week. Why? Because he won something, and I was upset. <laughs> Why were you upset that he won something? Because I'm petty. Um, <laughs> no, uh, my shut up and take your your my money. Is can anybody guess? New uh, Harlequins. New Harlequins. Yeah. So those they have video out on the GW site and some of the pictures have leaked, and it looks like they're proper properly costed. They've got a new transport that I'm excited to see what that is. That's going to make or break them. My prediction: infinite transport capacity, full on clown car. Oh, probably. I can only wait. And the Solitaire is back. Has a stupid head, but other than that, the model's pretty sweet. The so what's the breaking up. what's the fluff precedent for him having horns? None. He has a mask. He's supposed to represent Slanesh, right? Like that's his that's his role in the dance uh, that they do to represent the Eldar Fall. He's the only one that can play Slanesh because he has to forfeit his soul. Is that why he's that. so horny? It kind of makes sense. I don't know. Oh my god! That, I, I did cringe while saying it. That's that, actually the thing about <laughs> that is it's actually reasonable. That's so stupid, but GW lately shows that that's maybe a just, thing. They're just taking thinking. it far too literally. Yeah, but wow. That being said, it's no worse than the Skaven dialing the Eldar. No, 
Not at all. That being said, though, anybody gets a chance to take a look at the model, the back of the cloak is breaking up like the domino suit would sort of like break it into the checker pattern, and it looks fucking cool. Well, that's pretty so, sweet. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for that, and I'm also kind of terrified because I think they're coming out uh, would be two Saturdays from now, or next Saturday, I guess. Would be correct? Which yeah, is, we get into all kind of weird things yeah, with this. Time travel verb tenses. Yeah, I don't know when we're going to... Yeah, anyways... Saturday they're coming out, and it's the Saturday, I think, that before I'm leaving for Vegas. And I want to play them at the LVO, and they would be allowed. So I would have one day to paint a solitaire, which is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so that's me. How about you, Tom? Uh, well, the Grots did up an order for these Team Canada uh, zones for War Machine. So they're basically the same material as all of the Frontline Gaming mats or mouse pad control zones, so the circles and the rectangles for War Machine, but they have the Canadian WTC logo on them, which is a moose with, like, Warjack armor with a duck in Warcaster armor on top of the moose, kind of telling him to charge forward. That's dumb. Yeah, it's actually pretty hilarious. It is well done. Skaven were silly because they were... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. It's it's just, they look kind of cool, and frankly, regardless of what the actual thing on the zone is, it'll be really nice to have zones that actually have weight to them, so they're not getting pushed around on the table. So, oh, I see what you're saying. So you're you're talking about they're just the circle cutout and the rectangle cutout yeah. for oh, the War Machine Steamroller okay. scenario. I thought you were talking about a mat like the like the frontline gaming ones where they actually have the deployment zones marked out. In the that whole would be table. so fucking stupid looking. Because there'd be so, and there'd yeah. also be so much pre measuring involved, which in War Machine is bad. Yeah, that's why I was confused. I was like, this <laughs> this seems really no. They're dumb. just the twelve inch circles gotcha. and the twelve by six rectangles. I'm gonna ask a bit of a loaded question. Are you gonna get the the new? Area of Effect rings, the official Privateer Press ones? Already did. I was going to say, if they had a Convergence of Cyrus color scheme one... Cock rings! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. That, no, that's they're actually joke. fantastic. You don't know why? <laughs> Me and Mike are grimacing. Not only are they the right size, uh, but they also have the numbers on them for deviation results. Oh, neat. So if you put them around a model and you did have things deviating off of that point, you could actually still use them for that. That's cool. So they're, they're actually really nice, and they weren't that expensive either. I think I ended up spending 30 bucks all said and done for five of the three-inch, uh, three of the four-inch, and one five-inch. So. You realize that they come more than one per pack, right? Yes. Okay. So did you get, like, 20? One pack of, thir- uh, one pack of threes, <laughs> one pack of fours, one pack of five. Oh, okay. I That's thought it was okay. I thought the numbers were different. I was worried you were going to have like thirty markers. No, I bought a cool. pack of the threes, which was five. Gotcha. So do we have to go through this math again? No, no, we probably <laughs> it does have fifteen. <laughs> three times five. No. <laughs> five three inch circles. Five three inch circles. So you bought three packs. No, I bought five. one pack. I don't understand. <laughs> one pack of five contain like it's one pack. Who's on first? <laughs> oh fuck it, never mind. Okay, we'll we'll talk about this later. Dan, what battle tech shit are you on about today? Nothing. I paid off my credit card balance this week, so that was it. So it's time to run it. What moment shut up taking your money? What are you what are you gonna spend all that na- newfound credit on? Newfound hypothetical money? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might buy an iPhone next week or this week maybe? Wow, this is really hobby centric. Wow, uh, I have, it's. I'm just saying, my disposable income is not going to hobby stuff this week, which is a rarity, but it happens. If but you could buy one thing, money not an object in the hobby world. It's not that we're going to buy a working this Death week. Star. I'd buy a working Death Star. No, the Sultan, the amazing gaming table. It would be the oh. Sultan. Ooh, 
I think Ward is gonna pick one of those up. Actually, as a side note, he wants one. Are so you fucking bad. kidding? Apparently, me? it's like a two-year wait list or something. Yeah. So good luck with that. Yeah, I don't know. I I I certainly am not spending money on it. If you can tell, my game table is of a slightly lower quality. <laughs> uh, we took a picture eight, of it last time. It's at least like eight dollars of fiberboard here. This is well, fine. it's missing a lot of fiberboard where Mike is, <laughs> right by your elbow there. Oh yeah, that's that big <laughs> chunk. Big chunk missing. Still don't know what happened there. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, yeah, yep. big big chunks of disposable money not going towards hobby, so not much to report there. Okay, all well, right. On the topic of things that there are to report, uh, most of us played a tournament this weekend, which is out of the basement. I think, in fact, everybody except for Ward did. And Dan. Oh, yep. Dan, you played another tournament though. I hung out, but I did not play it out of the basement. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they didn't play with pre-painted models, so Dan couldn't show up. Hey. Well, not not because of our choice or out of the basement's choice. I think they didn't have the registration for X-Wing, did they? Uh, well, it's let's not even get into that. Yeah. Uh, what they did run, however, was Dystopian Wars. And hey, Mike. that was me. I, I played that. I did. Actually, I had a blast. It was only three games. But uh, I had one of those uh, tournament rounds where every person I played was an absolute blast to play with. Good. I didn't have one bad game. I lost track at the time, uh, started to lose my voice near the end, so that those are usually really good signs that you're having a fun time. Yep, agreed. Uh, uh, first game was with James. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played, some Wait, of you haven't played you said James. you enjoyed yourself, right? Yeah. It's, oh, I'm right, confused. you've met James before? <laughs> no, uh, no if James anybody, is a doll. Anybody who's played James knows We're he's joking, like... Um, going um, strictly by their Facebook conversations, you'd think they're mortal enemies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> That is true. He asks for it. He does. The number of times one of them tells the other one to burn, like, die in a fire is staggering. (laughs) (laughs) So more importantly, you were playing Prussians, right? Yeah, I was playing Prussians. What was Uh, James playing? James was playing the, uh, the Chinese. Nice. With his big floating jade city and, uh... Did he have the dragon? No, he's not done yet. He was. Why the fuck did he not get that done yet? That's like the coolest model in the game. He has other things called it's James. Um, oh, he right. has three kids. Yeah, that's uh, just cheap labor. It's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> he is playing. You know, no, no, uh, no. I wasn't no. the racist one. I wasn't the racist one. Small hands. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Sorry, James, we apologize. Do not put your children to work as against that. No, it's only if you pay them. I'm still sure that unpaid labor somewhere is covered in the labor laws. Because that's wow. I think that's slavery. <laughs> Not entirely sure. Oh, it might be. Uh, so you played James first round? Yeah, James first round. Had a really good time and we were uh, we had a little thing going on where if you're having a bad set of rules, you, you get a sour taste in your mouth. So uh, depending upon what kind of level of sourness you have, it's good or bad, right? So this time we decided if we're having a really bad time, we have to suck back real so- something sour like a lemon or a lime. Or sourpuss? <laughs> yeah, or sourpuss. We were stamping our feet a couple times. We did some bad rolls. But overall, it was it was a great time. I had did you guys actually bring lemons? Yeah, we actually did. That's hilarious. That's really weird. I just weird. thought that was a metaphor that. when you posted about that. Okay. No, no, he really was. That's funny. Okay. <laughs> who won the game? Uh, I did just by a little bit. It was pretty close. Cool. Next yeah. game, who do you play? Next game, I played uh, Rob. With versus his Prussian, so it was a little Prussian or Prussian accent, and uh, that was a lot of fun too. It was uh, it wasn't quite so close. He pretty much kicked my ass, but uh, once again, it's a real fun game. Uh, we both were laughing and throwing dice and yelling at each other. Uh, you want me to tell you to go faster? So I'm the guy at the Oscars. <laughs> no, I'm telling you to put your hands on your head so you don't smack the table. No, I'm not anymore. Forget it. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Apparently we were telling him multiple things. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder it got so confusing. <sighs> uh, don't worry about it. Yeah. What was so you you got beat up by Rob? Yes. And then what was your third game? The third game was against uh, Steve Bosco. Oh yeah. Uh, who coincidentally won best uh, sport? And uh, a lot of fun too. And it was down to one point was the deciding factor on who won, and he won that one. Nice, right on. Yeah, I was there. I just happened to walk by as it was like the final dice roll to decide the game. Yeah, I needed one six. And no exploding yeah, sixes for you. No, no, there's no exploding sixes on this one. So just I just needed one six. You think I could get it? No. So was three games better than the previous tournament where they tried to run four? And it was yes, awesome. just because uh, it is a longer game. Not everybody plays that fast. People tend to stop and ponder their every move, so it can drag on sometimes. But I mean, I think the lowest game count was three turns. So, Although, to be fair, in Dystopian Wars, the game can be determined by the end of turn three. Yeah, it can be. So, But it was no. Yeah. Deci- I had no decisive victories in any of the games I did, except for the last one, which was one point. Gotcha. All right. So you also took home Best Painter for that one. I did. I took back uh, Best Press. I did, and then you hit me because I got that mug. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. I'm never letting that yep, go. Yep, you yep. know that, right? That's fine. You can you can rub my nose in that all the time. <laughs> I had I had, had I guess I'll talk about my experience. Now. Well. I was just gonna say, tell, tell us what you didn't win. Uh, anything? Well, I don't win anything. <laughs> and I also played like crap. I was pretty uh, pretty dejected near the end there. So I played. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip most of my games because we're gonna otherwise if all of us talk about our games, it's gonna take us a while. Uh, and I don't want to talk about my games because I <laughs> had two that went well. Uh, one against Tau player and one against a Blood Angels player that went my way. It sounds a lot like you talking about your games. Yeah. For a guy who's not going to talk about his games. But I had the last <laughs> game, I played so tremendously poorly, I threw away my beautiful new uh, Shadow Spectre's first turn. They took like a hull point off a knight and then just proceeded to get charged by Terminators and then the game went downhill from there. Hmm. So at the end of my tournament experience, I was feeling pretty stupid. <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes. But I had uh, actually all great players. Uh, I think a few of them listen to this podcast. Uh, Chris DeMule is somebody that I haven't played before and met for the first time. I think he's friends with John Wong. Uh, gave him some Hobby Night in Canada dice. Didn't he win the Necron Army? I think he might have. I think he I'm pretty sure he did. did. He? Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I think he won the raffle. Which so we will talk about shortly. I didn't stick around on the Sunday, so I don't know. Okay. Um, that's, that's awesome. Good on him. Uh, but yeah, he was the one that beat me up in the last game. But it was good to see some of our fans. It was pretty cool. So Neato. Yeah, that was me. I played Malfo, and I actually, for one of the very rare occasions, was playing on the top table at the end of the tournament, which is pretty sweet. I, went, I won the first two games against some super tough opponents, actually brothers. Um, so I played against one brother than the other. And uh, I, p- I played against them before, and they're just really good players. So they were super close games. I uh, won the first one 10-9, the second one I think was 7-5. And then I played against Tim, who was the only other undefeated player, so we were playing for the tournament to that point, uh-huh. and we ended up drawing. So Tim beat me on tiebreakers, but it was one of those games where I, I black-jokered uh, a, a horror duel for Summer, so he was paralyzed and didn't get to activate for a turn. I thought I was totally fucked, and was able to pull it back up into a situation where we had a draw. Awesome. So that was really sweet. I made one a total fuck-up where... I thought one of his models was a minion, and it wasn't, so I charged that one, because I had the scheme to kill minions, and I didn't kill it, 
And then it's like, oh, it's not even a minion anyways. It's a fucking enforcer. So <laughs> I didn't get the point for that. And had I charged the other one that was a peon, which I would have got points for, I could have actually pulled it off. But I didn't. So congrats, Tim, for winning the tournament for that one. Um, I got to walk away with best presentation, though, which is pretty sweet. That's and awesome. it was extra satisfying uh, just because of how many great-looking Malifo armies there were. Like, holy shit, that community's stepping up. There are a lot of really pretty things. Yeah, I mean, it's there's there's definitely a lot of good players, and I always like uh, going and checking out um, the the days they're playing Malifo because Derek is there. And He's a great painter. Yeah, he was one of those guys where he worked at Games Workshop, and he gave me my first paint lessons when I was like 13. And taught me how to paint, so it's always really cool to come see him. And it's like once or twice a year that he's in town, and that time really lends itself to to being a painter's game, though, too. Like you know, yep. Mike, with yep. your your gangs are what ten models, yeah, give or take. Uh, you no, know, not even that many. I'd say that's only like his gangs are ten models. Mine are usually six to eight. I like think. That. six you to can, eight, and if you have two you or can three, lavish attention on models. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and if you're playing it in its kind of most true competitive form, you have at least three masters. I'm sure we talked about this before. And so it'd be kind of three different crews, maybe a little bit of overlap. So maybe, maybe 30 models. So here's the deal. I want to do that because I want to paint six models. We're going to set up a 10 Thunders gang. I'm going to buy them. Are you, really? Because you keep saying this, but I haven't I'm doing seen it. it. I'm doing it. I want to. Because I wanna, you know what? I'm even sure Roy had them on the shelf when I was there. Um. Yeah. Or then I need to go there. All Star has a really good stock as well. Okay. So set me up with a decent. Uh, sort of starter set of small model count, and as soon as the LVO is done, I want to start painting them. Yep, that would just I be really the like starter them. box for 10 Thunders. I really like the 10 Thunders look, so. Yep. Yeah, you need to go full ninja, rail workers. Um, no, I'm not doing rail. I'm going to go full ninja. Do you know the armies that I play? Okay. Really, so really frail and easy so to So you want Misaki. Is there, is there like Misaki, a, yeah. is there like a, is there big, a clown? Big Trouble in Little China style crew yet? Is oh there like some God. weird random out of place white guy with the mullet? <laughs> Yeah, I, no, 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 no. Can no, I? No, 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 wait, wait, no, no, no. It's way cooler. Can I play Egg Fu Shen? Yes. Okay, but <laughs> you gotta stop because the Gremlin faction has Burt Jebson, which is well, he's Kurt Russell. He looks like Kurt Russell. Oh my okay. god, no way. Yeah, I kid you <laughs> and then not. there's uh, Burt Jebson. Yes. Burt Jebson. <laughs> that is. <laughs> he has a mullet and everything. I only want to play Egg Fu Shen because it's the most incredibly racist name ever for a bad guy in a movie. And that is Wong. Yes, there's a <laughs> Wong is a gremlin master. Are you modeled after him? Are you telling me it's Wong to say that? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm not the racist one. <laughs> I used to play basketball with a good uh, friend of mine, uh, Richard Wong, and the number of jokes. The number so, of jokes John, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, there's other. There's another John Wong. I'm not. Oh. <laughs> Are you sure you're wrong? <laughs> uh, no, but actually, there's this whole thing uh, where they've based probably about half a dozen models off of Big Trouble in Little China. I. Immediately like this game again after <laughs> Gremlin Pippi Longstockings. Now that we have Big Trouble in Little China, I am in. <laughs> so, like, I am in. Gremlin Pippi Longstocking is bad. That's dumb. Gremlin Big Trouble in Little China is the good. greatest thing ever. <laughs> I don't understand where the disconnect is here. <laughs> All right. Fair, totally fair. Sorry, uh, but it was a lot of fun and. Uh, I, I just can't say enough good things about the Malfo guys. I played every game was fantastically fun. 
So. Right on. And Tim Bagoo was painting models, like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, you know what, in your defense, Tim came up to me and said, can you believe it? I painted a model. <laughs> no, he, so. Not only a model, he painted, like, 30 models yeah, in the last month and a half. Some certain number of soul stones. I don't know what that means. It may be 200 or 300, he said. I didn't mean Yeah, whatever, but it's, like, 30 models. He, yeah, yeah, he you painted up three gangs or something like that. Yeah. Four, but I can't remember what So, it was. good for him. Yeah, good on you. That's awesome. I want to call out one of the people I played. Jace played, I forgot to mention this when I was talking about it, played an orc army. That was the coolest orc army I've played, I think, ever. It was the most different army i played in a while, and I wanted to specifically mention this on the podcast. Jace, good on you. Keep playing that. Uh, he played a Speed Freaks orc uh, bike army, and it was fun. Yeah, he's had that for a while. It's cool. No, he hasn't played. This bike army was different. It wasn't. Was it? it wasn't. It was just the knob bikes and then a bunch of uh, grots supported by... Um, so someone playing a grot army. That's that's not a that's not been done before. The buzzcoptas. What are they? What are they called? Defcoptas. Defcoptas. He had three units of four defcoptas, and then a squad of ludas, and it was like bikes, defcoptas, ludas, and grots. then grots, and it was awesomely fun. To I play do these. have a soft spot for grot armies because, well, you know, because you have one. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize how bad grots are. Holy crap, they're easy to kill. <laughs> they are, so, especially when you put them on three to a base, just for purposes of moving them faster so the game doesn't end up forever. And then they just die to blast weapons. <laughs> I understand now. Okay. So, yeah, this, the game that we played, that was the only game my Shadow Spectres did anything, and they killed Grotz like it was going out of style. Those blast oh, yeah. weapons on, uh, what is a tough two? Yeah, it's tough just two. Like, yeah! They're basically twos across the board. Yeah. Except for leadership, which I think might be five. No, they're ballistic skill three, too. Remember, oh, right. Sorry, ballistic skill three. They're good at shooting, apparently. Yeah. Which I, I haven't played against Grotz, honestly, unless they were artillery crew, and I was just so blown away by the army. Uh, Jace, I thought that was kudos to you. Awesome. Sweet. Uh, so one more shout-out, I guess, is going to be John Wong for painting up that crazy-looking Necron army. Mm-hmm. And just to have it raffled off for the money to go to the stallery. And they raised... Almost fifteen hundred bucks, like fourteen yeah, thousand five and fifty. Fourteen hundred, not yeah, fourteen thousand. Fourteen hundred, <laughs> sorry, fourteen hundred five and fifty. So we should also mention the backstory on this. Uh, one of the uh, very involved members of the community, um, yeah. Aaron Mellon, Chuck Smith, passed away uh, a few months ago. A few months ago, um, due to complications with diabetes, I think. Yeah. yeah. And John Wong uh, uh, got the. I'm not exactly sure how he came. A, came into possession of the, ar- of the army, but he painted them up specifically for donating the proceeds to charity. So, incredibly uh, altruistic motivation there. I, like That was awesome on you, John. That's uh, pretty cool. And yeah. a good legacy for Aaron and the community. And Absolutely. for the community to step up, and everyone dropped, like, it came at almost 1500 bucks yeah. for worth of donations there, for this. There were a couple people who dropped one or two hundred dollars yeah, bang! Just, just like you guys are all fucking awesome. Yeah, good tournament, really good tournament, and, and you uh, should mention that they're going to do it one more time with Ward's old army at onslaught. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron picked up the steel Praetorians that uh, Ward painted up a few years back. No way, they're going to auction that off too. Yeah, so yeah. that is that is also going to be auctioned, and I'm not sure if that's going to the Children's Hospital as well, but that will definitely be your option. I believe auctioned off at the next onslaught. Yeah, or raffled, I should say, not auctioned. Yeah, raffled at onslaught uh, for charity. I hope to God Ward buys a million tickets, <laughs> and not take, only take out a second mortgage on his condo for a good cause. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> 
Um, other than that, there was lots of other stuff that happened out of the basement. Uh, none of us participated in it, uh, and we don't have the results out yet. So we'll as soon as we find out exactly who won various games, we'll let you guys know because you know that's what we do. Although you can know it was not me. Yeah, none of the games. <laughs> so we'll move on from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so one of the things that we can talk about now is this idea of how to encourage painting your armies in events that don't necessarily require painting. So, Steve, you're going to the LVO here in a couple weeks, and you were mentioning before what they do. Yeah, so they have a pretty simple system. (laughs) You can play with unpainted stuff, but you can't win anything. That's it. There's no no other way around it. Like, if you, you bring an army that has three colors, you're good to go. You are in the running for all the prizes. If you bring an army that has a unit that is unpainted, you no longer are eligible for anything. Whether it be uh, Best General, um, or Renaissance Man, which again has a painting component, so you'd be kind of screwed anyways. Yeah. Um, But Best Space Marine, Best Eldar, those best ofs, you're not eligible for those, you're just done. So you went last year, how many people were playing with unpainted armies? Uh, Out of the near 200 people, I'd probably say five. Wow. Um, There was basically nothing that was unpainted. Uh, There were some people that were new to the game that didn't get stuff finished in time, and that was basically it. Like, some of the bottom tables where people were still learning the game, uh, they were the only ones that weren't uh, weren't painted. But they also do a lot of um, recognition of painting. They do... They do a Renaissance Man trophy uh, as well as a best uh, presentation. And the Renaissance trophy takes into account... uh, It's kind of like the old best overalls that a lot of the tournaments around here used to do where uh, they would sort of balance 60% game score, give or take, and then the remainder would be split up between presentation and painting, or sportsmanship. They do, I think, a strict uh, 50-50. Well, 33-33-33. No, because they don't have... Their sports is very different. Their sports is uh, you either... Get a zero or a one, like a thumbs up or thumbs down. Okay. And you get a thumbs down, you get a talking to. You get two thumbs down, you're you're not eligible for prizes, and you get three, you're out. Wow. Out of their okay. six games. A question: Is there people that intentionally give you a thumbs down to mess up? Your they have a chart thumbs? of why you can give someone a thumbs down, and okay. thumbs down they specifically say is not because of the other person's army, or because you disagreed about a rule. Uh, you, and like if you can, if you disagree about a rule, go ahead and look it up. That's kind of their their resolution guide. But then if somebody is trying to game the rule and you don't get a judge involved, uh, it's on you. If you get a judge involved and he's still belligerent or has some other issues, then you can give him a thumbs down. So it's very specific about that part. So they actually don't have uh, sportsmanship. So it's 50% painting and 50% gaming as well as then the 100% presentation. So it's a very interesting way of encouraging. They basically have sort of two presentation awards, one for somebody that also cares about gaming and wants to paint as well, and then they have something that's just for people that want to paint an army. Okay. And then that with uh, motivated with that last piece where you can't win if you don't paint, they basically don't have a problem with it. Hmm. Yeah. So, not That's a good way of double dipping. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I like it quite a bit. I think it makes sense. Yeah, uh, one of the other things that, uh, that we see, and I guess... I should probably preface this. Most of the 40k and fantasy events that we do see locally do require painting, and that kind of comes back from the old school uh, Games Workshop format. But some of the other... Let, yeah, let's be honest here. The, the biggest thing with this is uh, War Machine has traditionally not required painting. It was originally sort of a differentiating piece between GW and Privateer Presses. You go ahead and play with your stuff while you're painting it. Yeah. Uh, where GW was, don't play with it until it's painted. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you do see a lot more uh, unpainted armies in War Machine, and a lot of the TOs do still have a Best Presentation Award, but one of the questions is really, is that actually going to motivate some of the guys to paint their armies when they otherwise wouldn't even care? And I think I think that's kind of the... the the answer to that, in my opinion, is it doesn't because you you just splits the community into two groups. Yep. You basically, have yeah, Mike, you were saying this. I, I I was saying it before. It's it's almost, they're two different sides of the coin. They're never gonna agree on everything. Some people You're never gonna are, land on edge. Yeah, exactly. I flipped Some the people coin are there to play did. the game. They don't care about the painting. They hate painting. Yeah. Painting is a chore. They don't enjoy it. They won't do it. Whereas other people are taking the artistic side. Wow, this is fun. I love painting. Look how this looks afterwards. I want to play with painted models. And once you get that differentiation between the two, they're, they're never going to agree on anything. They're going to be two sides yeah. of the coin every time, right? I think, though, there is... I think you're right 90% of the time. I think where it starts to break down is somebody that's been playing for a long time that originally was a gamer. And I see this actually not infrequently. People... Uh, uh, like, for example, the person that won uh, Best Presentation for 40K was uh, Phil Harlos, mm-hmm. who was originally a, a gamer first and has started to appreciate the painting side and really work towards that and show. Um, and I think people that are in the hobby for a long time may start out disliking the painting side of things, and then they begin to appreciate it. I think we are starting to see that in War Machine as a whole. Yeah, and they're definitely we're seeing a lot more painting. Um, but maybe some of the things you could try as a TO is... Whether or not you have a best painting trophy, if you're going to have any kinds of door prizes, uh, maybe if you have a fully painted army, give someone an extra ticket for the door prize so that regardless of the quality they're putting out, there's still some kind of a motivation or incentive to actually painting their armies. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, this day and age with the, the technology available, three colors and a shade and a highlight is easy to do to make it look very much tabletop quality. Uh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, even the three color minimum can make a pretty good looking army. Yeah, well, not only that, but even if you're not necessarily even going to the lengths of doing the dips or any of that kind of stuff, you can get some just three-color minimum. But I guess that's that's kind of a topic for an, another yeah. time, really. Uh, but, Dan, are there any things, like maybe X-Wing, that you see that they do to try and encourage guys to actually put some effort in with the models they're playing with? Because um, that's an interesting point, because um, in the beginning with X-Wing, there were virtually no players that were painting their models. Like, Paul LaRue, as someone who, again, comes from that uh, 40K predominant background, um, he painted up like his, you know, the painted stripes on a Sunter fell, I'm sure, before that was a thing. And he has his, like, red interceptors with converted winglets, like the prototype um, Royal Guard ones and stuff like that. Mike has his. But um, it, when it used to just be a couple of guys, like, um, as a couple of the events have started to acknowledge it and have, like, a best painted award, that's oftentimes just, like, you know, whoever's voted best painted, you just, like, pick a, you know, blister, $15 blister pack off the wall kind of a thing like that. Um, it has definitely started to get a little bit more predominant. Um, some of the tournaments you go to, there's still only a couple armies painted, but I've seen some where it's literally like over half. Wow. Which, really? An X-Wing? Yeah, when the models come no pre-painted way. and pre-painted quite well. Yeah, there I, have wouldn't been, even, I wouldn't yeah. even think about it because there's other models I would, like, they're at the standard where they're good enough by far. Yeah, the I think it was the, the store championships at Myth Games last year. I believe there was as many, if not more, painted fleets than unpainted hmm. fleets, which kind of blew me away. I was maybe yeah. it's maybe there's more players in in Calgary that are painting than Edmonton. That totally surprised but me. But no, it's it's actually making progress, and 
as we're seeing some new faces come into the community as well, there are some people that are like, oh, hey, like you actually painted these. Like maybe they hadn't seen people and do that before. And was it the TO pushing it or was it the community sort of just starting it's, to enjoy that? Um, you definitely seem to notice uh, players coming out with painted ships before any of the events started giving prizes for it. And then it's kind of started to take off a little bit. And, uh, yeah, there's, like, at uh, the Worlds as well, I know some of the game developers and some of the interviews were commenting on, like, some of the... Because they don't necessarily expect that sort of stuff, right? So well, yeah, they the, put out a product repainted. Why would they expect that? Yeah, so some of the game developers were actually, like, making a point of calling out some of the really cool hobby projects that people were doing and saying, like, oh, such and such a player who made Top 8 had, like, a, you know, custom-painted Millennium Falcon, something like that. Like, it was... It's actually pretty That's cool sweet. to see them them going out and calling out some of these people that are again going above and beyond for a game that really doesn't require it in any way because they're pre-painted. Like it was that is pretty not cool. what I expected you to say, but actually, yeah, it's it's really starting <laughs> to take off a little bit. And there's some there are a couple of names as well, like um, online off the top of my head, two of the names because um, Paul Larue doesn't necessarily have like a gallery that's easy to find. He has some great painted models if you can find them, but um, oh shoot, I'm blanking on one of them. But Rodent Mastermind is um, he's one of the people who works for the Cargo 2 like, um, tokens and accessories kind of companies. I think it's a family business, but he also has some insanely or repainted models, like X-Wings that have tiny little like rebellion symbols free-handed on the sides of them, like you know checkers underneath the cockpit and <clears throat> stuff like that in X-Wing scale. That's like, cool. There's some wow. crazy stuff out there, so it's, it's definitely worth looking into and finding some inspiration. Because it's maybe not a huge percentage of the community, but it's definitely catching on. And yeah, anything we can do to encourage that would be awesome. So the question I have for you guys then is, do you think this is something that has to be really driven from the community up? Or is it something that a tournament organizer can start trying to instill from the top down? Or is it some somewhere kind of in the middle? I, I think that tournament organizers can try to encourage it, but it's, it's, you've got to be very careful that you don't do it in such a way that it becomes resented in yeah, what chore. you're trying to do then then you're forcing that person to do it and automatically they're gonna dig in and they don't want to do it anymore so yeah it's yeah. very Pe delicate you got to be careful how you you, you look at it and how you come into a chore you can people just inherently don't really like being told what to do oh, for God, their free no. time and their pastimes like <laughs> but that being said i think there clearly is uh, a community and a cultural shift between the games like, GW has always been about the painting. They've been a hobby community first. That's what they say, as much as whether that may or may not be the truth, and Private Share Press has been more about the rules. So clearly there is a part that uh, TOs and the actual companies themselves have to play in that. My thought, though, is in your local meta, if you want to see more painted stuff, play games with people and encourage them to, to paint. Paint your own stuff, make it look cool, because at the end of the day, you're not going to have uh, other people painting their models if yours aren't. Yeah, you you can, I mean? somebody has to lead by example, exactly. right? Yeah. So if you're a TO, paint your models. Be that guy. Um, it's easy to say for, for us that have a lot of painted armies, but I think that's the only way it's going to go. Sure. So, for example, I'm going to be running a Malifaux event here uh, next month. And because the community is still relatively small and there's some guys that are they're getting into it. The majority of the people do have painted crews, but there's a few guys that are working on it, but not quite there yet. So we're not going to have a strict painting requirement for this next event. It's my goal moving forward that we will have painting requirements, but um, 
So what do you think would be the best thing for me to do to encourage painting at this event? Or, if not encourage painting, reward the guys that are doing it. How many it. players are you going to have? I'm going to guess somewhere between 8 and 16. That's small enough that you can have large cash bribes. <laughs> uh, I like your I like your style. I would play if there was cash bribes for painting. Um, no, I think I think your original comment about whether or not you're eligible for prizes or a certain subset of prizes, like like the door prizes, yeah, based on painting, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the other option is is giving out a small number of bonus points uh, like we used to or out of the basement used to do with uh, like uh, say for you did we did food donations that's what I was going to make a point of yeah or could be donations. the first tiebreaker or yeah versus yeah. a tiebreaker or that's a really yeah. interesting point tiebreakers like tie for having a painted army and if it's both painted then, then you, you go, go to normal. a legitimate tiebreaker yeah. that's interesting or even a re-roll maybe if you're painted well, I'm, not a, huge, re-roll I'm not a re-roll impacts the game too much oh no okay <laughs> but and re-rolls in Malifaux don't be ridiculous you could <laughs> cheat with an extra flip. I don't know. I don't know Malifaux enough. I you can have infinite red jokers. Is that a good Woo-hoo! thing? <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah. This is not broken at all. <laughs> um, no, I think I think actually your your comment about uh, tiebreaker is the way to go. That makes a lot of sense. It's, it's subtle, only... but it's meaningful. I like it. Yeah. So it, it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be the only one eligible for trophies, but let's say we do have more than eight players... And it's a three-round event because it's all you can really do in the time frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there are multiple guys that are at the top, it's whoever has the painted army first. And then if they're both painted, regardless of quality, then go to the regular tiebreakers. I like that. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. I think that's good. Yeah. I think I think we solved your event uh, for the smaller <laughs> for the smaller events. That makes a lot of sense where you can't really give the prize support for it as much. Yeah, and it, the only problem is that there are some people if they are kind of thinking of it more as a game than a hobby. And if they are going to lose on tiebreakers for not having a painted army, they just might not show up. Yeah, that's always the problem you're going to have, though, with any uh, game system. Like, I think Out of the Basement this weekend suffered that for uh, for um, War Machine, War Machine. To extent. Yep. Is yeah, the biggest War- complaints I heard is nobody has that much painted. Nobody wants to paint that much. There's an aversion not to painting in the War Machine community, but, again, people might want to play with any unit that isn't painted. And that, that sometimes, I think, still is there. Like, not the idea of oh, I have to paint this up to play with it. Yeah, and it's definitely one of those games, too, where you can sub units in and out so easily that even though on paper you, only you don't have to paint models. so many yeah. models, in practice, you're actually really painting a lot if you are going deep enough into a faction to yeah. really be competitive. Yeah, at this point, the game has been out for so long and there's so damn many units out there that two army lists in the same faction can have like not a single thing in common. It's very, very common. Yeah. Yeah, like I'm up to a point now where uh, this this weekend coming up, I'm playing my first Unbound game of War Machine uh, because I now have 150 points worth of stuff that's painted. Unbound. So you're going to bring a Swarm Lord along with Marnius Kalgar? Yeah. Now, to be fair, they had unbound <laughs> rules before GW did. Psh, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, you're bringing multiple casters in your unbound bullshit. Uh, we don't play unbound because it's broken and dumb. But you go ahead and do that in your it's, it's really just like War Machine <laughs> Apocalypse. I'm trying to be an idiot. You're, you're trolling, and I get it. I you're succeeding. Um, okay, so I guess before we wrap this little topic up, is there any other things you guys may have as ideas or... Uh, um, ways to encourage. I think something. Sorry, I uh, just. I have a thing too, but you go ahead. <laughs> um, one thing that I think would be pretty interesting to encourage, because with with stuff like painting awards, simply encur- encouraging or rewarding the best painter doesn't necessarily get more people painting. 
Um, I do like the idea of having multiple small prizes. So if you have mm-hmm. if you have a game like X Wing where you might expect you know twelve to sixteen players to a you know decent sized event, and only two soon to be three factions, like you might be able to go out and get especially because there's so damn much Star Wars merchandise. You can pick up like a small little prize, like a dice bag or something like small, like five to ten dollars, and then have like a best rebel, best imperial, best scum appearance. And that way, you're getting a little bit more variety. Like it's not you don't have to be the best player there. So that's exactly what I was going to say. Perfect! <laughs> Yay! Uh, best in army. Yeah. So again, the LVO does a best uh, Blood Angel, best Sister of Battle. You name it. They have all those best of awards. Um, which also is one of the reasons that they do that is to encourage diversity. Uh, More fact, old, old wooden ships. Old, old wooden ships. There was <sighs> quite a few Sisters of Battle player. I haven't made that joke in a while, Tom. You're not allowed to I'm just, die. I'm so bitter after that fucking terrible sequel. Haven't but. seen it. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> Anchorman 2. Anchorman it's terrible. 2. It's so, the worst. Anyways, they do that for <laughs> the diversity side of things because they, they only care about... Uh, the game points for that, like it doesn't matter whether or not you painted the army, or well, you have to have a painted to win that prize, but they don't uh, take painting into account. I think if you did that for painting, you could definitely get that, especially at the bigger events. I think the way you have it set up with the smaller events where it breaks tiebreakers, it's a smaller type thing to encourage uh, painting. Yeah. yeah, the bigger events you could definitely, especially with War Machine, where there's Arguably fewer factions than 40k now. Well, especially when you start getting into the different space marine variants. Then that's it gets what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. That's why I said arguably. It depends on whether or not you count. Uh, yeah, does Crimson Slaughter or... count as a separate race, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, with all the supplements. Well, it's replaced all the legions, so may as fucking well. Yeah, you've got. Wow, I've already broken that resolution. <laughs> best, on. best Iandan, best Eldar. Like, is that really a thing that you need to do? Like, I think if, if you have sort of the core races. And did the same thing with War Machine. Or even like um, like a best War Machine, best Hordes, best Forces yeah. of Order, Forces of Destruction. You don't necessarily have to have yeah. 16 separate prizes, just a couple of additional yeah. prizes to encourage multiple people, not just one winner. That could be cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so do you think that it would be discouraging for someone who's starting out painting, getting into a game, or maybe played for all but hasn't a lot of painting... Where if the only prize is for best painted, do you think it'd be a detriment to encourage them to paint instead of having like these extra prizes? Well, that's the other argument. If you have the best forces of horror, best uh, forces of destruction, that kind of thing, it makes it more attainable. It makes it more attainable. But at that point in time, why have a best painted? They're different aesthetics. It's tough to judge yeah. art. Um, at that point in time, you're giving it out almost. It's becoming more of a participation prize in a lot of ways, where you have more stuff going out you still obviously have to have some some talent and some some quality work but it's not quite the same so why have a best presentation in some ways and i guess the big thing for me if you're looking at that would be whether or not you have a large enough player pool to really justify one versus the other like if you've got 12 players and you've got five factions almost everyone gets one which could be good that's my to be fair um but then you know, at a larger event like the LVO, where you're still going to have potentially 10 people per faction playing. You have having, 10, at a smaller event, you have 10 best painted armies effectively winning those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah I don't know. Mike, I, what do you uh, think? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm fine with you encouraging and stuff, but I don't think you should take the best presentation away mm. at all because some people want to win general, some people want to win 
best presentation. If it's like taking away best general, saying you can't win the best general anymore, do you know how pissed off you're going to make some people if you so, do that? What I'm saying is this, you can add to it, but I don't think at the same time you should take away from it. I agree. I was playing devil's advocate because I actually tend to like to paint for best presentation. Yep. So Absolutely. I'm not- no, I'm just saying, in my opinion, you can't get rid of it. Yeah. You can't. It's like getting rid of best general. You're if you're you can't punish one side and let the other side run rampant or whatever you want to see. You gotta keep the balance and let yeah. have one on each side. For sure. Otherwise it's like, oh well there's no best presentation, I ain't gonna fucking paint no more. I'm just gonna go for general now. Because you've beat the paint on me because there's no more presentation awards. Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely could be a factor. No, no definitely. So the answer to the nebulous question is maybe? Nebulous question. No, I think, they, they, I, I no, think no, the answer is I think break it is. ties on painted armies. First and foremost, if you have a painted army playing an unpainted army, I like that. That is my favorite suggestion I've had yet. Or I've heard yet, I should say. Cool. Uh, so you should do that, Tom. That's um, my answer. Now, the only piece of advice that I would give you is as a TO, if you're going to do something like this, let do not people hi- know in advance. Yeah, do not hide it in your player's pack. No matter how obvious you think it may be in the player's pack, do not or uh, expect playing, that to be it. Like, you need to have this front and center, 85-point font, like, just My caveat bonkers. to that is, if I'm playing, just tell me verbally and no one else, and that would be even better. Or we could just have a Best Steve Lind Award. <laughs> you know what? I'd if like you that. Hey, you could win that one. I could win that one. <laughs> if you did lose, I would laugh yeah, forever. Yeah. Oh. There is a guy that I don't know that friended me on Facebook named Steve Lind, and I was just like, this is weird. Very <laughs> Did odd. he just search himself and friend himself? Yeah, totally. And I have no idea who he is. He's some guy from like Iowa. Like it, it just happened. And I was like, all right, wow, this that's, is bizarre. So that's not fucked I up. I could lose that because who knows? Maybe he plays go to Iowa. Yeah, totally. Okay, so um, any last thoughts? I guess then we're good. This is. Uh, I think my brain's empty. My brain is empty of of that stuff. Yeah. Okay, so safe. Dan, let's talk a little bit about the tournament that you played in. Uh, for X-Wing on Sunday, because it wasn't part of Out of the Basement, so I thought we'd kind of keep it a little bit separate. Yep. And maybe give us a little bit of a breakdown of how things were going. Um, Okay, well, first off, just the general overview of the event. Uh, This was the first X-Wing tournament at uh, Gamers Alley, which is a gaming store in Sherwood Park. And, uh, yeah, so it was the first event there, and just wanted to say real quick, the turnout was actually pretty surprising. Like, we were... The Facebook group wasn't particularly... There was, like, I think seven people said they were going. Turned out there were 12. Nice. Yeah, it so was for a first bumping. ever X-Wing event, there was 12, including uh, one player from out of town. He came in from Vancouver, not to play in the tournament, but due to the regional Facebook groups, he knew it was happening while he was here, so he brought some models. Nice. And came oh, and that's played. really cool. Yeah, so he rocked the uh, dual Phantoms for practice. Actually played 86 points, so down 14. What? Did, I think he got like fourth, because Phantoms are sick. Oh, that's true. But I could be wrong on the placement. Either way, he brought two phantoms. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, so that was the general overview. And it I guess that's well. an easy army to pack up. Like yeah, two models, yeah, two models, <laughs> couple cards. Just you're done put it in a box, and, you're... and like forty tokens and maneuver templates yeah. for two models. It's exactly. actually kind of funny. Okay, but, uh... <laughs> so b- before we get into Dan's last game, because you did play the top table for the tournament win. Yes, uh, Dan and I have a new segment we'd like to introduce into the podcast. And I think Steve's going to like this. The segment is called Gutsy or Goatsy. (laughs) (laughs) The basic premise being there is a point in some games where you think you're basically fucked. So you have the choice of going 
for the hay, the Hail Mary pass, like swinging for that haymaker. I immediately love this segment. And it's either going to work exactly amazingly or it's going to blow up in your face. I know exactly what we're talking about. I know ex- this is this is now my favorite segment. <laughs> How's it feeling? And I noticed Mike immediately fled the room. <laughs> yeah, he was not into our goatsy gif, which we may post later <laughs> on the on the website, which we now have a website. If people didn't notice, we'll talk about that at the end. Yes, right. okay. But the basic premise here is that the gutsy move is when it works, and the goatsy move is when it doesn't. So the move is fundamentally the exact same either way. Oh, I, just thought, some, I thought I thought the the goatsy would be to play for a conservative. No, 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 no. Just open up the your idea, options. The idea, the the sports metaphor behind all this is like you're. It's hockey game. You're down three to two. There's a minute left in the third period. The only way you can score is to go all out, pull your goalie, and the odds are you're either going to okay. die horribly okay. or pull gotcha. off the miracle. You're either going right? to lose by See, two or tie it up and win an OT. So the, my my thought behind this would have been that I I like the way we're doing it more, but I thought it was like go for a few points no. and get like a because <laughs> not a major loss. In my mind, you typically the way it works out is when you're going for a hail mary in a miniature game. Typically, it either works and you win, or it loses and you've presented yourself to get fucked. Yeah, okay, and the ghosty <laughs> metaphor is a bit concerning, but okay. <laughs> well, it's maybe, you know... Very little tension, if you don't agree. <laughs> We're stretching it a little to make it fit the name. <laughs> okay. So, for those of you of over 18 who don't know what ghosty is... Uh, don't you, Google that. <laughs> literally, just do not Google that. Mike so far has refused to Google it. He, it looks. Uh, like, he took fact, his glasses off. I told you I could to be perfectly him. happy never to know what that word means ever again, and I'll be fine with that. So, anyways, <laughs> this came up after Dan's game because there was a certain point where he it was, it was not a, it was not an ideal matchup for him. Yeah, the what it, a lot of it came down to with this game. I was playing um, Rear Admiral Chirino and Whisper. So Pilot Skill 8 oh, yeah, and 9. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Paul LaRue was playing with Rear Admiral Chirino and Soonter Fell, who's Pilot Skill 8 and 9. And Paul's been playing with Soonter Fell, who's a vicious pilot in the right person's hands. He's Soon been Fell's playing with him for like hundreds of games of Tie experience. Interceptor, right? Yeah. Not, okay, yep, good. So it was, and he also had the, the trump card of, he had his rebel captive on his decimator. So the second my phantom shoots his decimator, I f- I'm fucked and die and lose. Because you get so his wait, stress token. The... Ca- the that admiral you can put on a decimator is eight pilot skill eight. Yes. Yeah, he's the he's the highest pilot skill decimator captain, the equivalent of like the Han Solo. I didn't realize you get an eight on a decimator. Yeah. That's really good. So it was yeah. with this matchup, like the majority of the firepower in my list. The second I shoot at his tanky high hit points ship, I basically screw myself and die. Yeah. So the a lot of the game came down to um, deciding basically whether or not I wanted initiative. And um, so basically, the way everything works is the the first time, the first pilot every round that fires at Rebel Captive immediately takes a stress token. Yep. And the way Whisper works is she shoots first. After resolving the shot, she gets to do a free recloak action that gives her their survivability to not just auto-die. So but when shoots, I take the stress, I immediately am stressed and cannot recloak. And so I just because you can't make a free action if you're stressed. So like, oh. so forty three of my hundred or ninety nine points, I guess forty three of can't my shoot points. The decimator. I can never shoot the decimator. or I'm auto dead, and Soonter Fell is the most slippery motherfucker on Earth. And the only way he's actually not on Earth, but true on. in space, in a, in a galaxy far, far away in space. So yes, the so the argument was, and again the. The way the timing works with Whisper, you always want to shoot first yeah. before anyone can shoot at you so you can get your cloak up. Yeah. And so it was like, do I let 
do I take the initiative and move first and shoot first, make it a lot harder to ever chase down Sunter Fell? Or do I let Paul move first and shoot first? I have a better chance of catching him, but he gets a chance to shoot me while my cloak is down. So, got so I chose. What was the move? So I chose to have to give Paul first, like uh, first action for initiative, and potentially expose myself to hor- horrible, horrible experience from Sunter Fell in order to maybe be able to catch him in the first place. And so this is how, how do you works? think it worked? So Mike, was it gutsy or gutsy? What do you think? Gutsy, <laughs> gutsy. Goatsy. I Okay, I was there, <laughs> so this is going to be a spoiler. It was Goatsy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was, I kind of knew. It was a bit of a home run swing, but I, yeah, it was bad. I got stretched out pretty good in that one. <laughs> so the way that this format's going to work is exactly that. You're going to, any of us who played <laughs> the game is going to give the scenario leading up to. This is what you were keeping from me. Yeah. I gotcha. And this is actually why we've got the picture of the green onion cake with the sauce in the middle on the Facebook page. Okay. Because it's a wee bit of a suggestive image. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. And it will not get us banned We'll do it like Yeah, we'll do it like this. I played a game of War Machine yesterday against our good friend Paul. And I'm playing with Durgan, who's an infantry spam list with with a colossal in himself. And he is a short-ranged caster that deals a lot of damage... uh, with his blasts to infantry, and maybe gets an assassination every once in a while, uh, against Lilith Two, who is a legion caster who takes almost exclusively all beasts, and who who gets the Shadow Pact ability, which counts as stealth for her and her battle group. On top of that, her feet allows her battle group to have snipe and shoot twice. Snipe being plus four inches in range. So I have a corner case possible ranged assassination uh, against a really hard to ranged assassinate and really good at getting ranged assassinations uh, and so it was in a situation where his feet turn, he basically destroyed my entire army except for my Colossal and Durgan. So I thought to myself, I'm fucked either way so I move up the Colossal, I tune up the Colossal to get the extra damage dice uh, pop Dougal's mini feet for the plus two inch range give the artillery stack to Durgan uh, move up the colossal shoot at uh, the uh, at Lilith, get one deviation onto her, cause a few points of damage, and then I'm left with the choice of do I take Durgan, move him his neck way out, where I can either hope for a deviation, he's going to be about 15 inches away, so it's an automatic scatter from a point not on top of her, to hope I can do enough deviations on top to kill her. And what do you think? Do you think I got the assassination, or do you think I did not? So, Dan, gutsy or goatsy? Well, I already know the answer. Okay, so Mike. Goatsy. I know what happened. Can I spoil it? Okay. Goatsy. It was gutsy! No, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know what happened. I it was gutsy. You missed an assassination somewhere. No, I got it. This oh, was, no way! This was my game against, uh, just Paul, it was a casual game yesterday. Oh, not at the tournament. No, because there was no war machine at the, at the tournament. No, I had the one in Grand Prix. Oh, well, that was just, yeah. Okay, I, I, I got my <laughs> shit Wrong game. Wrong that, game. Was, that tournament was goatsy for me. Okay, gotcha. gotcha. But, uh, no, I ended up able to land every single one of my three deviating AoEs right on top of her head and then rolled stupid dice for damage. Nice. And I had no right to win that game. But he got cocky and left her only on one fury, so it worked out in my favor. So I got the gutsy instead of the goatsy. So, uh, so is it, it my go now? And 
Ward's not here, so we'll make fun of him more. Allocating two hours for an Ikea run. Gutsy or goatsy? Goatsy. 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 Yeah, no shit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ward. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, if you've got one, if you have a moment. I do. Uh, Well, I have, like, ten from the tournament, because I was on the ropes (laughs) for, I felt like, all my games. Okay, give us one. So, the game against Jace with the orcs, he steals the initiative. So, first of all, he's running a Forge World character, Zardsnark, the uh, orc war boss. That <laughs> Zardsnark? Oh, oh, yeah. He's pretty sweet. Um, Sounds like a Doctor Who villain or something. <laughs> something like that. He's got... Exterminate. Uh, he's got a strike at initiative power clops, so strength 10 or some stupid thing. But he gives his unit of orc knobs a uh, scout. Oh. So he scouts forward. Uh, so he's 12 inches away from me. Steals the initiative... Okay, so he moves forward, because he scouts, he can't charge me the first turn, turbo boosts. Orc vehicles, when they turbo boost with skilled rider, right, bump from a 4 plus cover save when they jink to a 3, and then because they're orc buggies that are uh, bikes that kick up a bunch of dirt, they go to a 2 plus on turbo boosting with them. So where were your rangers that game? So, rangers aren't going to do anything, I need D-size with flamers, I don't have any. So I... Disembark my entire army and wave serpents to unload into the orc knobs. I had everything sitting there. Fire dragons, both unit of wraith guards, dire avengers, all ready to go and mess up the uh, the orc bikes. Now remember, all of the D star D cannons have two units of D cannons, they're strength 10, they're gonna double out any orcs that failed or save. No feel, no pains. I got a decent shot of doing this. Gutsy or goatsy? Goatsy! Goatsy. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Relying on someone to fail a bunch of two ups is goatsy. Oh yeah. I got worked <laughs> so bad. I killed one knob. And then all this, <laughs> and then you can just multi-charge all of your units on the table. Yeah, but I had, no ch- I had no chance. I couldn't get away. There was no way, even with my uh, the only option that I had was to move twelve and then turbo boost with the uh, with the skimmers eighteen. But all of his uh death copters were strung out across the entire board after they seized the initiative. So I could go nowhere to get away from tank killing shenanigans. It was wow. it was brutal. There's not enough uh, wave serpents in the universe to kill that many knobs. Apparently, no, because I can't double them up. You cannot. Oh, so the knobs gave you the goatsy. Oh, they gave me such bad goatsy. <laughs> if I had if I had a D scythe flamers, really if only there were mega knobs. <laughs> if I had had D scythe flamers, I could have been okay. Piston powered mega knobs or punters. War punter would have done it too. Can't uh, double them out on yeah. Is it only strength four? Or is it strength ten still? I can't remember how that shit works. Hunters are seven, but they're now uh. three small blasts. Oh, I thought they had the flamer torrent. Thing. They do as well, but it's one shot. It's well, not quite as good. A bunch of ignoring their saves, winning on twos is not a bad thing. I don't think it wins on twos, but it can cause instant death. It causes instant death on six wounds on five because they're they're tough. Five. Okay, it's not quite as amazing as I thought. Never no, mind. but then they charge you and you get the d three hits too, which is instant yeah. death, ignoring cover. Okay. Mike, did you have any moments in the tournament you want to talk about in this in this? No, it's, all of them were fairly close. I didn't have anything where I I just played it timid. I just you know okay. no gutsy. You were no gutsy, no gutsy. Anybody that's been watching the new God. nightly show, <laughs> what's that? Anybody that's been watching the new nightly show, you played it weak T. Oh okay. Yeah, sorry. No, I blank stares it. all around. Yeah, <laughs> you watch the show. It's funny. Okay. Um, so, anyways, this is not necessarily a segment that's always going to pop up on the show. But if we ever, <laughs> it might it might pop up. It might, it, really, it might spread itself to show you the instance. yeah. Like it may em- if if the right situation emerges, oh. we will pull back the curtains and let it out. Oh. Again. <laughs> 
I really could have gone through the rest of my life without knowing what that meant. You know that, right? No, yeah. You know, just you know, how much of a better person you are now. No, no. I'm just gonna send you those gifts forever. No, no, no. Because I found I found a gift Facebook account. I found a gift that I referred to as Infinite Goatception. It is the best gift you will ever find. It is amazing. I'm gonna show you how. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm going to show you how to refresh your IP so you can constantly get new Facebook accounts and send these to Mike. Nice. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, my God. Just, like, goat seed. Really one, two, hitting three. me wasn't good enough. you got to do this to me now. Uh, but Mike, anyways. Only because I love you. Only because I love you. If you guys have any games or moments from your games that you want to set up the scenario for us and ask us if we think it was gutsy or goatsy, go right ahead. And we, uh, we, we, we would love to make this a thing. Yeah, this would be good. I God, like I want this. this to catch on so badly. <laughs> if only for I'm the okay merchandise. If it doesn't. Oh, the merchandise. Now, if you also <laughs> have any images to do with Goatsy that we could actually use promotionally. Uh, that's no, a, let's maybe be, not. Let's that re- are not actually <laughs> Goatsy. Let's rewind this back a bit. <laughs> no, I mean, like, not actually Goatsy, but, like, things like the. Look, no, all I need like to say the green is. Green onion cake. No human anatomy. Yes, no human anatomy. And then we're good. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> don't want actual goatsy images. Yeah, and pl- yeah, just please be sensible and don't get us banned from Facebook. <laughs> like I'm thinking things like the community, the flag from community. Oh yeah, E like, Busena. Yeah, like these <laughs> kinds of things. That's great. Okay. Uh, last piece that we have, I think, before we go on to events, is we are on the internet's, not on Facebook. We have our own website. Yeah. What is it, Steve? It's hobbynight.ca. Uh, it's you can get it anywhere on phones, tablets, that whole thing, and we'll have all our uh, episodes there, as well as new blog posts coming soon. So you'll see content Sweet. from us. Um, we don't have forums because none of us have time to police them. So if you want to comment on our articles, uh, use Facebook. Use Facebook because we'll post uh, cross links there. And yep. if you make eighty-three dollars an hour for part-time work, we don't want to hear it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. If anybody that spends their time on bowls, uh, there's a lot of people working for Google making a lot of money, so that's all I know. Yeah. You're in the wrong business. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so last but not least, we've got events to talk about. So Dan, do you want to start out with uh, some stuff you learned about this weekend? Yeah, sure. Uh, when I was talking to Matt from Gamers Alley, he asked me to uh, send out a shout out for their Netrunner Store Championships, which will be ran at Gamers Alley in Sherwood Park on February 22nd. Um, so he said he's going to post up the information to the Facebook group. I'm not sure what the name of the Facebook group is because I don't play Netrunner, but the information should be up there. Uh, if you can't find it, go find the Gamers Alley Facebook store and ask some questions, and that's all I know. I have bad news, Mike. We won't be there. We'll be in Vegas. <laughs> I'm not going to be in Vegas. I'm suddenly jealous. You can go play Netrunner. I could if <laughs> I knew how to play. <laughs> anyway... Um. But yeah, and uh, there will hopefully be more future X-Wing events out of there as well with that totally awesome turnout. Uh, he's definitely on board for running more events. And Monday is looking like the new um, X-Wing game night, like casual gaming at Gamers Alley. Cool. Yeah. Uh, other than that, the Perdita Cup, uh, which is named by Paul, the owner of All-Star Gaming, or co- Sports and Collectibles, uh, is going to be February 21st. This is a 50 Soulstone Gaming Ground event. Uh, so it sounds like... You think it's Malifox? Yeah, Malifo. Absolutely. What does a Malifox say? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, no. Uh, No, so that's... uh, I think we're probably... We have enough table space to get up to 16 players. Uh, I would like to see that maxed out. 
and there won't be any painting requirements, but it sounds more and more like the first tiebreaker will be if whether or not you have a painted army. Because that seems like a good solution. That seems really sensible. So we'll be doing that. Uh, I think it's going to be registration at 8.30, game start at 9. Uh, he will be open a little bit early in the mall for that, and that is in Bonnie Dune Mall in Edmonton. Other than that... Uh, LVO Ross, on the same day. LVO is the same day. Uh, there's a War Machine week or War Machine tournament I'll be at at Mission, which is going to be the same day this potentially goes live. So No, it'll be a week after. That's going to be February 7th. Our, this is tough when we record not on the day that this gets posted. Yeah, but no, this will be February 7th, <laughs> which is a Saturday. That's going to be 50-point steamroller. Uh, if you pay in advance, it's cheaper and you get food. If you pay day of, it's more expensive and you don't get food. So sign up in advance if you're going. Yeah, yeah don't no, be no, a no, chump. This, this is Edmonton. That doesn't happen. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Want to see Dan? the picture that Mike just sent me? Nope. <laughs> Good choice. <laughs> nope. I think it's that it's should... not particularly gutsy. Uh, I think you should put that on the Facebook group. So no. This episode no, 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 no. False. That does not go on Facebook. Remember, remember the rule of no human anatomy. I only asked our listeners not to do that. It's uh, not. It's, it's not human anatomy. Uh, what? Do you, what is it? I can't. I don't know. It, that's what, a what mountain. Is that is a mountain. What? I'm gonna go with that's a mountain. <laughs> what is it? It's, it's gross looking. Whatever it is. What is Ask it actually? Todd. Handchuck. Okay, on that note. <laughs> wow, alright, so. I thought we said no human anatomy. Yeah. It isn't. <laughs> oh, he's a butcher. It's probably something to do with sausage. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> I never No, it's a pig's anus, isn't it? <laughs> it's totally a pig's best, butthole. Best segment ever. <laughs> okay, let's not. This has been another episode of Hobby Night in Canada. Thank God. <laughs> I'm Tom. I'm Dan. Mike. And I'm Steve. And paint your models. And remember, if you're going to game, make sure it's gutsy. It's definitely not cozy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs>